We all know those people, the sneaky ones, you know. My dad taught me never to trust what the box said when you're opening a present. He was notorious for putting things in different boxes and it's great when you're doing a white elephant gift exchange. If you wanna do a white elephant gift exchange, here are the rules right there for you on how to play that game. But it's basically, you can be selfish and steal somebody else's present. But whenever we would play, there's this one guy that back in Texas, he said, always open the biggest box because that's where the good stuff is. And I always said to him, you don't understand this game. (laughs) The worst thing's in the biggest box, the best thing's in the smallest bag (laughs) because uh, you're trying to get rid of your junk. There are people who take this point of our human nature, wanting to grab the biggest box first or wanting to be sneaky about what they do to the next level. A few years ago, I I read a story about a man in San Leandro, California, who was trying to sell a flat screen TV out of the back of his pickup truck in a Walmart parking lot. There was just one problem with this great sale on this flat screen TV that looked like it was right out of Walmart. Nobody could figure out why he was selling it in a Walmart parking lot when, you know, for less than what they were selling it inside Walmart. Well, inside the box was an oven door, not a flat screen TV. The man was caught because someone called the police after they looked in the box before they bought the TV. And the man was arrested in that parking lot at that local Walmart. But what he was charged with was what got me. Since no one had bought the TV, He was arrested only for driving on a suspended license. (laughs) Amazing. The story, as strange and as funny as it may seem, actually illustrates the first truth of three truths we want to look at in today's scripture. Truth one is this. Don't be seduced from the truth. Why buy a TV in a box, even though it might be a great price from a guy outside of retailer selling a brand new TV set? probably at a reduced rate inside the store. It's in our nature to look for bargains, and in our search we get caught up with the deal that we're gonna get, and we forget that the deal's actually costing us more than what we wanted to spend in the first place. Look how much money I saved at the grocery store today, dear. Yeah, but you spent $1,000 to save 100. We get caught up with the deal. We forget what we've done. We look for the bargains, but are we really getting what we're paying for? I'll never forget how I learned that lesson the hard way. When I was a kid, I saved up my money because I saw an ad in a magazine, and I was going to do it. I was going to get it. Life-sized rubber dinosaurs. I was so excited. Now, by life-size, they were guaranteed to be four feet tall which was about as tall as I was at the time. I thought, this is going to be fun. It's going to be like those bozo things, you know, where you can box them and you can play with these dinosaurs. They never break. This is going to be fun. I'm going to, and you get a whole box of them. There's like six different dinosaurs in the box. Life-size dinosaurs. I was expecting this. What I got looked more like this. They were four-foot balloons 
that someone had drawn the outline of a dinosaur on the outside of the balloon. So when you blew it up, you could see in this flat-like balloon the shape of a dinosaur drawn. And true to its uh, advertisement, it was life-sized. It stood on its own. It had cardboard feet that you could tie the bottom of the balloon and stick in these cardboard feet so it would stand up. But it really wasn't fun to play with. I gave in to my desires, which is what James before this passage tells us is how we live. We're seduced and we give in to our own desires and our own wants. They drive us to accept counterfeits. And James says, don't be deceived. Don't accept counterfeits, especially when it comes to the truth. We like what sounds good to us. But what sounds good to us may not be the truth. It's easy, so easy for us to live in a bubble of our own making. Don't live in a bubble. Don't ignore the truth because it doesn't fit the narrative that you want to embrace. Thinking something is wrong or just didn't happen because it doesn't fit with the truth you want to embrace, which is really a falsehood. We do this all the time. I did some research, it was interesting because I hear all the time about how many people don't believe the Holocaust took place in World War II. Well, the Holocaust in World War II meant death for between six and 11 million people who died in concentration camps. And of those six to 11 million, at least six million were Jewish people. Shockingly, today, some 70 years after World War II, Many people don't know about the Holocaust. We don't really teach it like we should. It's amazing to me that very few people can name one of the concentration camps. They don't know that they existed. They don't know what they were. Even though in Washington, D.C., you can tour the Holocaust Museum and see the clothes and the teeth and the gold fillings and the shoes of the people who were murdered there. And it breaks your heart. And it breaks my heart to, to, to understand that there are many people who don't believe the Holocaust took place. Even though Washington, D.C. has this entire museum, only 54% of the entire world has heard of the Holocaust, which means 46% of the world has not even heard that it happened. Almost half the world has never heard of the atrocities to the Jews done by Nazi Germany. It's worst in the Middle East. 8% have heard about it, which means 92% have not heard about it. In sub-Saharan Africa, 12% have heard about it, which means 88% have not heard about it. And in Asia, 77% of the population of Asia the most populous part of our world hasn't heard about the Holocaust and what happened there. Those who have heard think the numbers are exaggerated and blown up. NBC News did a report, and you can go to it and find yourself right there in 2021, about beliefs about the Holocaust in America. 
Shockingly, among Americans, particularly our young, millennials and Gen Z, 63% of those surveyed did not know about the Holocaust. Two-thirds of our youth have never heard about what happened in World War II in Germany. Two-thirds. It's amazing. So according to that same survey, survey, more unbelievable is this. Not only have we not heard about it, 10% have heard about it and don't believe it happened at all. Of that, another 11% who've heard about it and believe it happened, believe it was the fault of the Jews that the Holocaust took place. They're murdered because it was their own fault. Even more amazing than that, in New York State, the state with the highest Jewish population, 19% of the population thought it was the Jews' fault for being put to death, for being Jewish. A Newsweek article in 2018 stated that one-third of Americans think the numbers are greatly exaggerated, and 11% think that the Nazi viewpoint is okay. Over 10% of our population think we can kill people because we disagree with their viewpoints. What is our world coming to? We're tearing ourselves apart as we're living in a bubble of our own making, seeking our own truth and not letting the truths of God impact our hearts, our souls, our minds, our behavior, our values. This is terrifying to me. By the way, the numbers are also true of a more recent event, the moon landing. 10% of America think that never happened either. It was just faked. This is worse than merely forgetting our history. This is a slow rewriting of our history where we leave out, where we ignore, where we deny the parts we don't like. By the way, isn't that what a lot of us do when we read God's word in scripture? We leave out, deny, we ignore the parts we don't like, we just focus on the parts that sound good to us. And so we get a gospel that is a little bit cockeyed because it's not the full gospel. It focuses on God is love, but we forget that God is also just. Is it any wonder in a world like that that a recent interview with a Taliban leader in Afghanistan, the man said, well, there's no proof that bin Laden was in charge of 9-11, the attacks, when bin Laden himself had claimed, I was in charge of the attacks. It doesn't fit his narrative. We're peaceful people. We're good to, to women and children as they deploy suicide bombers to the gates of people trying to leave peacefully at an airport. God's word is clear. It says to us, don't be deceived. The verb used in the command given by James in today's text is very clear. Do not be deceived is the verb planeo. It means don't be seduced. 
don't wander or roam or stray away from the truth and accept error that sounds good to you. The biggest seduction in religion in our world is that, hey, it doesn't matter what you believe, they're all the same, right? Wrong. It doesn't matter that you believe something. There's only one way to get into God's heaven. And it's not by works righteousness. It's not by observing some paths to nirvana. It's by admitting that you're a sinner, that you've missed the mark, that you're doing what you want and you're breaking God's heart. And by saying, God, forgive me. I trust in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of my sin. I want him to be my savior and my Lord. I receive your gift of salvation, the salvation I can't earn on my own. That's the only way to heaven. Lucky for us, Christianity stands on the truth. There's one way to peace through the power of the cross because God's banner over me is love. Remember that? We stand in grace. We're saved by grace, not by works that no one can boast. So truth number two, God does not change. He wants to be known. He's made himself known to us. He took on flesh in Jesus Christ. As the father of light, there's no shifting shadows in the God who presents himself. He sent Jesus, he said, this is who I am. I'm not hiding behind him, gonna trick you. So when you buy the dinosaurs, you get upset because they're just a bunch of balloons. When you accept Jesus, you get God. The God who does love you, the God who gave himself for you, the God who prepared a way for us to give us the gift of life. There's no one standing behind, there's no trick, there's no trap door, no curtain behind Jesus with some guy pushing buttons. It's God in the flesh saying, I'm here so you can know me, so you can relate to me. I lived a human life, I know what it's like to be tempted, but I overcame that temptation and so can you because I'm gonna give you my strength my power, my spirit to overcome. Don't accept a lie that says, we don't need Jesus. We can be God by embracing the God in ourselves. That's the very first lie. Well, you know, if God knows if you eat this fruit, you'll understand everything and you'll be like him. No, you can't be like God. Because even if you know stuff, the difference between right and wrong, guess what, you still don't have the power to overcome the wrong without God's grace. God does not change. He wants us to know him. He wants to be in relationship with us. That's why he came. That's why God put on flesh. That's why God lived among us. That's why God died. And that's why his followers wrote the Bible to reveal his love and his grace and the new life that we can have through faith. So truth number three, embrace the truth. Because when we embrace the truth in Jesus, God redeems us, resulting in our becoming the first fruits of God's creatures. That's 
a quote from James 1.18. This is God's gift to us. It's the type of gift that doesn't fit in a box. It's that wonderful gift of life meant to be lived. So the question is, are we looking around in that white elephant ex- gift exchange of life saying, I'll take the Hindus, That's, that looks like a good way to go. Uh, and then someone steals your Hinduism from you, so I'll take the Mormonism over there. No, I'll, I'll take the Judaism over there. I'll take the Islam over there. Stop trying to steal from other people. Open the box of grace that God has given you, faith in Jesus Christ, Christianity. Start living a Christian life. And for those of you who've been in church your whole life, it's time to start living a Christian life. I was playing golf the other day with my friend Esteban. He got a text from a pastor. We laughed because the text was sent to all these pastors. And it said, is your faith strong enough to go to prison? Then why don't you go to church? It was sent to pastors, which made it kind of funny. But there's truth there. We say we're ready to die for Jesus. We're ready to go to prison for Jesus. But we don't gather as people, God's people, when we get the opportunity and we have the freedom to do so. Now you who are here are gathered, so thank you. You're living out the right way to do that. But there are a lot of folks who just won't come. And it's sad. Then there's those who just sit here and say, you know, I'm gonna learn about God. That's why I come to church. And we spend our whole life learning. And in the meantime, we don't really share what we're learning with others or what God's giving us to share with others. But we're the first fruits of God's creation. We've been redeemed and made holy, set apart to honor God. I once read a story about a man in New York City who died at the age of 63. He never had a job. He spent his entire life going to school. And I'm finding out, I did some more research this morning, it's not an uncommon thing to do. The, you know who holds the most degrees is a guy that has 30 college degrees. He's 75 years old. He's still constantly going to school. The second most has 18, and he's like 55. And all he ever does is go to school. But this man in New York City died at the age of 63. He never had a job. These other guys have actually worked. He never had a job because he spent his entire life going to school, getting degrees, so he had a whole alphabet after his name. And the reason he did this was because he was given a gift from his father who said, I will pay your expenses as long as you are in school. But the money would stop once the man completed his education. So he never completed his education. He kept going to school. As soon as he would get one degree, he'd start another one. Kind of so that he was graduating, but still in. Kind of got to keep those kind of, you know, stair steps so they overflow each other. Because as long as I'm in school, all my needs are taken care of. He never had to work. But I don't think that's the intent of the person who gave him the gift. He was learning, constantly learning, but he never put into practice anything that he learned. May we not be that man as we come to church together, as we go to Sunday school together, as we go to Bible studies and Wednesday night studies together. Don't 
let the good gift of God be an excuse to waste your time in trivial pursuits. I'm saved so I can just kind of do what I want to do. I'm gonna study, I don't have to share. No, God calls us to be the first fruits of his creation. And the thing about first fruits is that first offering of first fruits made the whole crop holy. If you're the first fruits, you're supposed to be the one that's sharing God's holiness with your family, with your friends, with those around you, so they too can encounter the grace and mercy of God. God's purpose is to effectively change the lives of those who trust in him in such a way that the lives of their friends and families are also changed. So has your life changed because God has saved you? Because the truth of these truths is that God has made you holy and has claimed you to be wholly his. Embrace, remember the three truths of James 1, 16 through 18. It's easy to be seduced away from the truth. So don't be deceived. Don't be seduced. Don't live in a bubble of your own making. Let God's word speak to you and be that which guides you and sets your vision and view of the world in which you live. Because the truth is, the goodness of God does not change. God's always there. His truth doesn't change. And when we embrace that truth, God redeems us, resulting in our becoming the first fruits of God's very good creation. Friends, may we, with God's grace, break out of the bubble that we live in and receive the life-changing truth of God in our lives. And may that truth not just impact us, but our families and our friends, our community, our world, so that the sovereign Lord of all will be the sovereign Lord of all. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for your love and your grace. These simple truths of who you are found in your word to us today. Help us to embrace your truth for us. In Jesus' name, amen.